Hell is where God says, have it your way. If someone will not have God, then they bring their own hell with them. Christ is Lord, and he rules over how I watch TV, how I treat my children, how I treat my neighbors. He rules over everything. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. What's wrong with you people? I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. Put on the full armor of God and pray, 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 and pray. Officer, you are not engaging in activity of constitutional behavior. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. By Solo Studios presents Reformed Radio. Welcome back to Reformed Radio. Today we are continuing about with our conversation with Mark Schooley talking about the five solas. And today we're going to talk about solo gratia, which means... Solo gratia, grace alone. Grace alone. Grace alone. That's right. So it's going to be a great show, and we're going to get right into this and start talking about some hard things like what is grace? What do you think that is, Pastor Mark? Well, we made it through Sola Scriptura, we made it through Sola Fide, both great topics, and I just get more excited every time because now we're talking about grace. And if you were saved like I was from a very dark place, you just know grace and cherish it. It's something Mm. you can hold up in front of you every day and thank the Lord for. There's just nothing like grace, you know, and when we say grace, we're talking about uh, unmerited favor is a way that you often hear about it. It's it's favor from the Lord. The Lord has smiled upon an individual, regardless uh, and in spite of anything that they've done. They can't. You can't earn grace. If you can earn it, it's not grace. Is an easy way to say it. So it's unmerited okay. favor. It's favor from the Lord that I haven't earned in any way. That's uh, one of the reasons we're going to say sola gratia, right? right. And it is also, though, a disposition of God. It's an intention of God. It's something that God um, thinks and wills. Okay, It's one of his attributes that he is gracious. So it's unmerited favor, but it also expresses the mind of God. And then it's also an action of God. Okay, Grace is not some kind of force or substance mm. that does things all on its own, right? It's not a power in the universe like gravity or something. It's um, an act of God. You know, God works grace. Uh, often it's synonymous with the Holy Spirit in the New Testament when you hear about okay. grace having yeah. power or acting or achieving this or the grace of sanctification. It's often associated with the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but when you think about most of the time when the Holy Spirit is there, he's being gracious. He's He's showing grace uh, or favor to whoever the individual is. That's a good point. It's awesome. Yeah, and certainly the Father is gracious. You know, his grace and election and in his decrees, he's gracious. The Son is gracious. He came and emptied himself becoming um, a servant and dying on a cross for our sins. That's very gracious. Yeah. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is is often associated with with the work of grace. So. Yeah. 
So grace is getting something that you don't deserve, right? Would you explain it that way? Do you think that that kind of ties into what you're saying? It is getting something that I do not deserve, that I haven't earned, that I haven't merited. And it's receiving something very, very good. Perhaps one of the best things we can think of is the favor of the Lord to be upon a person, right? The psalmist talks about this a lot. Yeah, when we look at, in light of the Scripture, I mean, grace uh, is not getting hell. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that's you know, that's I a mean... great gift. <laughs> uh, there, I can't imagine a better gift than that, because now I don't have to go to hell and be under God's wrath, but now I get to be with Christ mm-hmm. and get to see, be, be with Him forever, yeah. for all eternity, uh, which is a good, good gift. Right, and, and you would agree that what you actually did merit is hell. Yeah. That your yeah. that your actions because I mean grace is not getting something you deserve, which in this case would be hell. I deserve hell. Mm-hmm. You deserve hell. I do. Every last one of us deserve hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of God's graciousness towards us, we have been given a gift Amen. that saves us from there. So how would you contrast that with mercy? Well because those two are often they're very, very close, aren't yeah, they? But yeah. we could probably differentiate them, I would think. Yeah. Um, so mercy is kind of on the other side, and it's saying, I'm not going to get something that I do deserve, right? So grace is getting this gift. Mercy is not getting the really bad thing. You know, it's it's not getting the punishment, mm-hmm. the what you do deserve. So when you stand before the judge, and the judge says, you are sentenced to life for, you know, stealing that watermelon. Well, somebody comes and gives up another watermelon and says, no, here you go, you know. Is that seedless? Or it's seedless. Seed- it's very it special. Is, okay. <laughs> but um, in the gravity of Scripture, obviously we know that mercy is being saved from condemnation and hell. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what, what grace is, is mm-hmm. that gift that you don't have to go there anymore. So when, so when James says mercy triumphs over judgment... That's a very gracious type statement. Yeah. Then, you know, and like in your interactions with other people, right? Um, when you're in the right and could pronounce judgment and you pronounce mercy instead, that is really kind of an act of grace on your part. Right? And I think something that needs to be very clear when we talk about that, especially in line of a judgment, mm-hmm. um, is that. God is the good judge, right? Mm-hmm. He's not just having mercy on somebody, or he's not just giving grace to somebody, un- although you don't deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't deserve grace. You deserve the judgment. He's not just swiping it off the table, right? He's saying, you still deserve this, but I'm going to take it, and my son's going to take it now mm-hmm. for you. So he's still paying it. Like One thing we need to learn is that the gift is free for us, but for God, it cost him his son. Right, and so there's still an exchange of that 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 punishment. Well said. It's the highest price ever paid. Yeah, it's an infinite price, right? Yeah. What is it? Proverbs seventeen fifteen that he who acquits the guilty and punishes the innocent is an abomination to the Lord. Mm, so it's an yeah. abomination to acquit the guilty, right? That's so right. it's free to us, and it's very gracious, but it's the most expensive gift. Yeah. It still costs God. Mm-hmm. 
himself. <laughs> and and that that's such a good point, Tommy, because don't we trivialize or or take that act of Christ flippantly sometimes, right? Or the yeah. act of oh, grace is free, it's free, yeah, free grace, right? And and it's and it's really really not. It's no. it's something I should consider all the time as I live and walk through this world. It, sh- it right? should sober you. Should sober me. You know, Thank as, you. As we are being sanctified, we should look at grace and go. We should be like the man who beat his chest. Like mm-hmm. I am unworthy. Unworthy. Every day. Yeah. You go. I am unworthy, but because God is good, He has given me this grace, and His mercies are new every morning. Mm. So we we get both of those benefits in one. And so with that in mind, we've we've already established that we have faith alone. You know, faith alone is a kind of keeping us from going off into a cult. Faith alone is protecting us. It's also kind of establishing what salvation is. So why do we need grace alone? Why do we need that too? So faith is the instrument, right? Faith okay. is the, We talked about this last week, that faith is, is not... Again, another force in the universe by which I can make a yacht appear yeah, yeah, down yeah. to South Shore Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Money, money, yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that before <laughs> in church services. I sit there going, oh, no, right? Yeah, money, money, money. Give me money. The whole a whole uh, sanctuary full of folks yeah. standing up and chanting it, right? But faith is the instrument by which the merit of Christ is applied or imputed to the sinner, right? But that is something that can't be earned. See, the sola gratia, the grace alone, is that gift that comes through the instrument of faith, okay? And the merit of Christ that's imputed to the sinner comes to us by grace, and grace alone. I can't earn it. I can't work for it. I can't win it in a lottery, okay? It comes by the sheer grace of God alone okay all starting all the way back at the order of salvation with election and by the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit all the way through until I'm glorified in heaven these things all every step of the way come by grace and that includes the faith in Ephesians 2 8 they're linked right um, it's by grace you're saved through faith and this is not of yourselves yeah. right yeah they're they're linked because that faith that is a gift I've been given is by grace. Yeah. It's unmerited favor. And that's that's why it is so important. And this becomes a a topic of a lot of tension with a lot of Christians. Yeah. Right? When it you does. really start to say because everybody says, Yes, yes, grace, but then it's grace alone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, isn't it, it grace? It's alone? only God's gift. It's only his graciousness towards us. It's nothing that we do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Scripture is clear about. So uh, let's see. I'm going to take a look. Here's Romans 11, 5 through 6. And so just uh, this is, Paul is talking about Elijah here in this passage, and he's talking about how God told Elijah when he was afraid, I still have a remnant for me. So continuing that, he says, So too, at the present time, there's a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Mm-hmm. It's not based on what you did. Right. You can't merit it. You can't do anything. You can't make a choice. Mm-hmm. You can't 
strive to do good things. Nope. Um, you don't inherit it mm-hmm. by a uh, perfect heritage of mm-hmm. some sort or from your fathers or whatever. It is nothing you can do except to receive this, and you're given this. And then when we look at um, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. He's talking about what he does for his people. He takes out their hearts of stone, gives them a heart of flesh, and mm-hmm. causes them to walk in their sta- in his statues. Um, so, when he does that, God does say he sprinkles them, right? Ezekiel thirty six twenty five. That is a, a different episode. <laughs> All right, but that is a passage on a new heart regeneration, right? It is. Okay, I just wanted to ask that. Uh, no, you were correct. Yeah. That is the context there, isn't it? Well, let me ask you this, because that's such a good passage you quoted. Um, where were you? You read that verse that said, God chose you through grace. Where were you when he chose you? In sin. Well, he chose before the foundation of the well, world, yeah. right? Right, right. Where were you? Nowhere. Were you even born yet? No. Then how could you have done anything about it? No, I I absolutely agree, but some of the pushback you'll get is, well, God looked down the corridors of time, (laughs) right, and he saw that you were going to do all these good things. I have heard that pushback before. Yeah, it's fairly common, isn't it? (laughs) It it is a common evasive tactic, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we have a hard time getting, uh, or at least those people in that position. I mean, I used to use the same argument before I became uh, reformed, Mm -hmm. and that is you you look at it and you go, I am able to do something good. You're you're saying this to yourself, that Mm -hmm. you, in your ability as a fallen man, it's not so fallen. I'm still able to do something good that God would see it and go, I want Tommy right there. (laughs) Right. Because he's doing good things. Mm Mm-hmm. But the reality is, that's not true. Nobody seeks God. No, not one. No, not one. And all the righteousness we have is as filthy racks. Isn't it something that Romans 3 is not hyperbole, and it's not metaphor, right? He really means there's no one that seeks God, no, not one, right? That all of us have gone astray, that there's no one good, not one. That's right. All these things, yeah. And because of that, you can't say, sit there and say, well, I did something good. Mm-hmm. You, you are incapable of doing anything good, as far as God's concerned, without Jesus, mm-hmm. without the Holy Spirit giving you this new heart. Right. You can only do what it is that you like to do, and that is to sin against him. Right. You love the darkness. Like we all know John 3.16, but what about what comes right before and what comes right after that? Mm-hmm. He had to come because we love our sin. Sam. We love to be in the darkness, and we hated the light. Uh, and so because of that, we have grace. And because of grace, we get to get out of that by being given a new heart mm-hmm. and given a mind that wants to please God and wants to do good works, which we talked about last time. It's, you know, the works come out of, they're, they're a fruit. Mm-hmm. They're a good fruit that comes from actual faith an actual regenerated heart, a desire to do good. Uh, not for oneself to get into heaven, but because I love Jesus now, and I didn't before, and I want to make much of him. Mm-hmm. So let me, you know, respect my children and be gentle with them and come aside my wife and help her get through there and not right. just be domineering. 
or, you know, whatever it is. There's sure. so many places to fill it in. So, so you hit on a, on a part there um, in the order of salvation and the relationship of grace to faith. That is another reason why we call it sola gratia. So you would agree then that regeneration precedes faith, right? Mm -hmm. So even there in the Reformed system, you see that my faith doesn't cause the regeneration. Right. See, it's sola gratia because it's by sheer grace. It's in the Arminian order of salvation— the regeneration comes after the faith. So even there, there's this idea that the action of the creature has resulted at least in part, right? And, and we don't want to say that that they're saying, ah, my works did this, right? Yeah. Because they would not. No, they To be fair, yeah. they, you know. Uh, but but when you really start to press on it there, an ironic thing happens um, that grace all of a sudden becomes a little offensive to the sinner. Yeah. Becomes very offensive. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it offend you? Uh, or at least, don't you think it offends the natural human heart to be told you had nothing to do That's with right. it? You have to come to a point where you're basically telling someone to accept it that they are not good enough. And that's, that goes against pride, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be able to do this myself. I'm right. going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Mm -hmm do good works, do right. whatever. I'm going to be whoever. It's my destiny. I control it. I'm going to do it. But the reality is, in order to get to this point, you have to really be mm -hmm. fully humbled and go, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't even take a step. Like I don't even I have you. a little piece of goodness, do I? Yeah. So that, that also distinguishes between different uh, types of grace uh, that, that the ref reformers wouldn't really acknowledge. So um, a lot of times you'll hear of a concept called provenient grace, okay, which yeah. is that by whatever means, usually by the death of Christ or, or whatever, that or common grace that God has raised all sinners up by prevenient grace beforehand so that they now do have that ability to make to, you know, that choice for Christ or between right and wrong, that they've somehow been raised up. Um, and that's not sola gratia. See, yeah. that's still that synergistic system. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's somehow, which I, I haven't seen that in Scripture, but it's somehow mm -hmm. saying, okay, well, now I'm going to even the playing field for right. you. Now you get to take part in this mm -hmm. with some, you know, magic. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Yeah. Now you get a chance to do something good and make the right choice here. Mm -hmm. But be careful. If you make the wrong choice, it's all on you, and you're going to hell. So you better make the right mm -hmm. one. Is it the blue pill or the red pill, you know? That, right. Yeah, exactly. So so the reform view of grace and sola gratia is always going to be monergistic. You know, there's one person doing the work of regeneration in grace, so to speak, and that's, that is God, not us. Yeah. See? It's completely removing man mm -hmm. from the responsibility of that and it's very offensive i mean it it is that that part of the gospel is offensive to the sinful heart it's beautiful to the redeemed it's beautiful to me yeah right yeah. it's a source too, yeah. of great prayer time yeah. for me because i realized that it's true and that i had nothing to do with it and left to my own devices i would be lost yeah all right, so why did grace matter so much to the Reformers? Like, why was this 
such a big deal to them. I think we've kind of already have an idea mm-hmm. after what we talked about, but for them, this was this was like a battlefield of the day. Like they were dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. So why did this matter so much to them? They were in a battle, obviously, right, um, with Catholicism and the Roman kind of idea of grace. And this this goes back a long, long time. It goes back at, um, at least as far as Augustine and his battle with Pelagius mm. and their differing views. Augustine um, had a prayer that I'll paraphrase where he said, Lord, enable us or enable me to do what you have commanded, right? And Pelagius heard that and said, that can't, that can't be right. What do you mean you're not able to do that? The Lord has to enable you with grace just to do what he's commanded? Right? Yeah. Haven't you always heard that objection? Well, God would never command anything that you can't do. Yes, I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, goes, this fight over grace goes a, goes a long way back. And the reformers were very concerned with the idea of an imputed grace. So, in in the in the reform system, um, the merit of Christ is um, imputed to the sinner for justification by grace through faith. Right in Catholicism, it's very different. It's I might have said imputed, but I meant infused. Okay, because okay. I was going to say I need you to help me understand what imputed means because that's one of those weird words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your accent doesn't help that one either. You know, <laughs> it doesn't help anything except <laughs> making me sound funny. <laughs> So what you're saying is it's fused, right? It's infused. You you know, in 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 the Roman system, it's infused like you're getting a shot of grace, and that grace goes uh, comes in through baptism, and it removes original sin. It kills the original sin in the sinner, and sounds like a vaccine or something. Well, it 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 is a lot like that, you know, maybe more like a Red Bull or something, because it really gives you this this wings. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, if you don't kill it, absolutely, but uh, it gives you this power to live right, to go on to assist in providing your own justification Mm. before God. Right, and so until you kill them, until you commit a mortal sin, and uh, the difference really between a mortal and a venal sin is the mortal sin kills the grace that was infused within you. Man, that's exhausting. Like, well, you're just getting started there too, <laughs> right? There's there's so much that you have to throw in here, mm-hmm. and, and it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. That that's that's a system that makes it very hard. It makes it very uncomfortable. Very difficult, and um, it's certainly not sola gratia, right? Yeah. So the reformers were battling that, and they said, "No, this is this is by grace alone, and the grace is not some power or substance that I get that helps me to do this. It will ultimately, but through the work of the Holy Spirit in the sanctifying of my life. But the justification was by a grace." that actually achieve something mm-hmm. just like the atonement of Christ actually atones for sin right this grace that God gives in the reform system actually does something it actually achieves something yeah. it actually his grace actually forgives really forgives someone yeah see 
Yeah, that makes sense. It's not just pretend. It's not it's just... It's not just an attempt. And it perseveres. Yeah. And because it's sola grati and he's doing all the work, it's he's going to be the author and perfecter of my faith. That's right. See? Yeah. You know, not the trier. Not, yeah, that's not right. the, come on, man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, down here at the finish line, come on, Tommy, hurry up, you know, <laughs> run, boy, <laughs> right? He'll actually carry you um, um, when you need it. So yeah, with it, God, there is no try. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there is no try. Right. No, I was holding back the Yoda. I know. I'm so by. <laughs> like, that just seems wrong. It does. God is way better than it, Yoda, but yeah, but you know, <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. Right. You gotta, yeah. You gotta say it with that. You gotta do it right. Uh, well, I you do think, or do not. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. There man. is no try. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's a young man that, oh, how does he, how does he say it? Oh, Keith, never mind. All right, that's <laughs> enough, that's enough Yoda. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to jump in here with someone on their backpack and flip over tables. <laughs> so that, that's a good segue then because, you know, talking about Yoda and stuff, and this is, you know, um, motion picture that's um, enjoyed by the world at large. And one of the reasons that we get good things in the world and sinners get good things in the world like that movie is because of common grace. Yeah. So you have special God's special redeeming grace for his people. But you also have common grace. You know, the rain falls on the just and the yeah, unjust. That's right. right? So... Uh, basically what that's emphasizing is that you st- even when you sin and you're being evil and doing things that God despises, God still gives you good things. For example, taste. Yeah. I can still eat a chocolate cake even if I completely am against God and enjoy it. And enjoy it. And not get the runs right afterwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is a good <laughs> gift that he's given to everyone. And in that, and I and I think um, with some of my Armenian brothers, that uh, one of the things that there's a difference with how you love something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you can love. I love my wife much different than I love pizza, and I love pizza, right? Pizza's but it's pretty good. it's totally different kind of love, though. Like I'm not going to die for a pizza. I'm not going to take the trash out for but the. But you pizza. don't like pineapple. Oh, I pizza. do. Oh, you I do. do. I do. I love pineapple on my pizza. Okay. All right. See, I love. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the point. Like, there's Uh there's a difference. So God is showing this common grace, Mm -hmm. this love to all of the world, Mm -hmm. that He's giving us uh, the ability to enjoy life, Mm -hmm. um, to have good things, to have rain, which we don't have a lot of right now, um, but normally we do. But we have AC. But we right? have AC. So, so that's a gift of God. That's his part of his common grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with all that? Absolutely. And and it's even the it's even the non Christian or the ones that don't get special grace that that have God lavish his grace in their lives. Yeah. I mean, there's there's he provides a lot of good things to a lot of bad people. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Um even the the heart, most hardened sinners um, experience a lot of good from God um, in spite of their hate for him. 
See, God is, God is, it's part of who God is. It's one of his attributes. It's part of his disposition to be gracious. Mm-hmm. And he even pours out his grace on, on those who hate him. Yeah, and that, so that kind of goes to that question, you know, why do good things happen to bad people? Mm-hmm. Common grace. That's part of that. Mm-hmm. Like God still is allowing good things to happen because this is the best they're going to get. Mm-hmm. If they don't repent and turn to Christ, that's it. Because this isn't that great compared to what we have coming. This is their best life now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he's gracious to the whole world. Um, and it does help. Um, you can't push this too far, but it does help in some sense to make sense of the passages, you know, um, behold the lamb that dies for the sins of the world or Christ died for the sins of the world. And, and, so part of what he earns on the cross in his atonement is common grace that God expresses to all. Hmm. See? I don't think I thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Here's a big one. We know that Scripture alone and faith alone safeguard the gospel. We've talked about that on both the last episodes mm-hmm. about this. Like, We know that faith... It's protecting um, the gospel. It's protecting the good news. But how does grace alone protect the good news? I mean, I got some thoughts on it, but what what do you think? How does grace alone protect the good news? Well, protect the gospel. Without grace, there is no gospel. First and foremost, right? Without without grace, there is no gospel. There is no good news. Period. Right, it protects it by its very existence. There, there can be no gospel um, without grace. I am, um, I am a sinner bound to hell, and there's, given that there's nothing I can do to earn it, uh, there can be no good news. God, God would have been. Let me put it this way: God would have been righteous and with with full justice and well within his rights to send every single person to hell, mm-hmm. right? We, we have earned that. So it's sheer grace merely in the decision of the good news, right? In the covenant of redemption where God decrees that he will redeem a people and the son agrees to die on the cross for them. The, the grace just in that of not giving us all what we deserve mm-hmm. protects the gospel. And it also protects the gospel because it keeps me out of it. So my inclination, okay, even now, Tommy, even now, after all this time, my inclination is to constantly in my old man be thinking of ways to say, yeah, but I had a little bit to do with mm. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had, you know, okay, I know it's grace, you know, but but I... God gives grace to the humble, the Bible says. So I must have been humble, and and that's why he did this. See, so so sola gratia protects the gospel because it fights that urge in me from my old man to try to add myself yeah. into it. Right? Yeah. I mean, the gospel is good news, and the reason it's good news is because there's bad news. And the bad news is that we are under the law. Mm-hmm. And being under the law means you have to keep the law completely. And if you do not complete the law, you're able to hold the law all together, you are going to be crushed by it. 
And then that's where grace comes in. That's mm -hmm. why grace is part of the, the protection of the gospel is because, like you said, without grace, there is no good news mm -hmm. because now it's about what I have to do. I have to do the work to save myself. And if that's the case, I can't do it. I'm going to be crushed. I'm, I'm not going to be able to accomplish yeah. what I need to do to be saved. And that's, that's where all the cults come from. That's where all the other um, variations come out of is it's this place where you put in a work. I can do this. I can do that, whatever. But what sets Christianity apart is we say, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't do it. And you, you just can't. And when you look at the people in cults, you can see that they're struggling with it. even a Mormon, a good Mormon who's got their life together. They're like the Pharisees of the, you know, the day. They are they're righteous, they're friendly, everybody likes them. They're they're really good people, but they're being crushed. And they are trying to earn their salvation every step of the way. But we have good news, and the good news is that grace has come to say, "No, you don't have to be under that anymore. I've already done it. Here's what Jesus has done. He has gone mm. and done what you can't do." Right. And here it is for you. And so you're right. It protects it by making it possible. That's such a good point, though, because what I hear you saying is that every other religion uh, doesn't have grace in that sense. And so grace separates Christianity apart from every other system, every other religious system that there is. Yeah. Yeah, so it does protect the gospel in that sense. All right. Well, on that, we're going to take a quick break. So we'll see y'all back after this. Hey, 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 you got a second to answer some questions for me? Yeah, sure. I tell it how it is. Just nod and say yes. If you don't agree, get out of my face. I need my space. It's got to be safe. Needs a puppy just in case. I'm entitled, son. I know my ABEs. Nothing's hard when you're living right free. I got room service, boy. You smell that? That's fresh tide, baby. My mother keeps me clean, so I don't need no Febreze. Mama says I'm special, just give me a check, I need to get back. Got some games to play. Call of Duty won't play itself. Racket up those points, gonna make it in real life. Give me those headshots. What do you mean I can't get no job? I get a check every week. I'm working smarter, not harder, filling out those unemployment sheets. Think about the future? I got no time for that. My Veruca said I want it now. Daddy apes to please. You see that? Those rims spin, bro. Are you done now? Are we through? I got nothing to do and no time to do it. You're bringing me down, making me think. Rain on my pride parade just won't do. I'm out of here, see you around. Oh, wait, there's no room for you. I'll make sure you're canceled out of town. That's what you get, bro. You got my safe space. You pack up and save face. Well, I call the judge, she'll see it my way. After all, you didn't use my pronoun. It's Captain Blaster's son. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are going to continue talking about Solo Gratia. And uh, Mark, give it over to you. Yeah, so I would also like to talk just a little bit about another very reformed way of thinking about grace, reformed way of professing grace. And this is more with sanctifying grace. So all of the Ordo Salutis, the order of salvation, every element of that, is 
based on grace, right? Elections based on grace. The gospel call is grace. Regeneration is grace. Conversion, which is faith and repentance, those both come by grace. Justification is by grace. Sanctification is by grace. Adoption is by grace. Everything is by grace. Everything, (laughs) (laughs) literally, right? Um, So the idea is this when it comes to the means of grace. So God could do all those things miraculously. Yeah. Right? God He's definitely able to. He he's definitely able to, right? He doesn't have hands, but he could snap his fingers, right, so to speak, and just create a miracle and Tommy gets more sanctified. Yeah. Right? And then he could wait another month and do that and Tommy just it would be more. so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Why? Why don't you do that, God? Why not? Just, just usher me all the way there. All the way there, right? Or like when you're asleep, you know, he can download it into your and brain and heart, right? It's like the Matrix. He's just yeah. plug it in. <laughs> Get going. Right. But he, he doesn't. He uses means to accomplish those ends, and we call those means of grace. There's three primary ones. And there's the preaching of the Word of God. Okay, the Word of God is the primary means of grace. There's the sacraments. And there is prayer. And this kind of sets the Reformed Church off a, lip, off a little bit from other denominations, say with the sacraments that would see uh, the Lord's Supper and baptism as bare ordinances, as naked ordinances, right? As like remembrances only. Okay. This do in remembrance of me. No, nothing else is going on. Um, but we would say that they're means of grace. So when you say means, I, th- I think what comes to mind is there are ways to participate in this act. So we are participating in receiving grace or mm-hmm. participating in achieving whatever it is that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, so for example... Something I've had to deal with a few times is, why do we pray? Well, I mean, right. God could just make it happen whenever he wants to, but he says, pray. Exactly. Ask of your Father. And so that's part. That's one of those means of accomplishing God's will is we get to participate. We get to mm-hmm. be part of yeah. God doing something awesome, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard. Like, I know... You just we were joking about like a matrix download. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be great. It'd be so easy. But you know, the challenge and going through those difficult things is part of the fun in mm-hmm. some senses, but it's also part of growing and understanding right. how much more valuable that grace is and how much greater the mercy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it's exciting to to watch your prayer be used as a means that God uses as an instrument to change the world. It's wonderful. So, so we do see that in the sacraments where a lot of churches will, and I think it downplays like the Lord's supper a little bit, for example, but they'll say, yeah, this is just only a remembrance. Nothing else is going on here. It's symbolic only where we don't teach that the bread and wine become through a transubstantiation, the real body and blood of the Lord. Yeah, right? there's, there's no magic happening nope. there. <laughs> no incantations. That you're, you're eating no, something. No, right. Yeah. But, but we do say this, God uses these as means because the Spirit of God is present 
Okay, the Spirit of Christ is present when the Lord's Supper is going on, and he uses those as means for sanctifying grace for his people. That's why the Lord's Supper is so important, right? Why I hate to see um, folks that just don't see all that much importance in it. You know, we do it every week, right? Mm -hmm. Because we really think, we really want to be in communion with the Lord and, and to be strengthened by this sacrament. Yeah, right? It's, it's great to One. reflect on that too every exactly. week. Mm-hmm. That he uses that as a means to help us fight the sin in, in our life, and that's sanctifying grace. See, it, It's not only regenerative grace that we're talking about. We're also talking about sanctifying grace and the, the grace God gives us in perseverance, right? Mm-hmm. So That's great. So we get to participate in bringing grace about and get to participate in um, being sanctified through it. And then also we, we talked a little bit about free grace. You've mentioned this a couple times. Mm-hmm. I know you've been really wanting to talk about this. So. <laughs> Let us uh, have it. What, what is free grace? And is it, is it free? Does it have a price tag? Like, what is the free grace you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, free grace or hyper grace. This, this idea that if, you know, I say a prayer or something and I receive grace from God, from that point on, nothing else really even matters so much. I'm saved no matter what. No matter what I do from that point forward, nothing else really counts because... The grace is really free, and it's all uh, encompassing. So it's very against an idea like the Lordship of Christ, right? Okay. With that, when the the sinner comes to Christ, then Christ becomes the Lord of every aspect of of the regenerated person's life, yeah. right? Over yeah. all things, Com- right? Completely encompassing your completely life. Completely encompassing. He becomes Lord of everything. Free grace is more of a movement that says, no, that's not, doesn't, I mean, he could be if you wanted him to, but if you didn't, that's fine too. It's not really going to make any difference in the long run. It's very antinomian, right, against the law that um, I can really just, do anything and it doesn't matter it sounds Um, like a ungrateful teenager (laughs) in in a lot of ways you're giving um a car Mm -hmm. a decent car one Mm -hmm. that doesn't break right (laughs) and then they go oh thanks dad Mm -hmm. and they're not excited about it they don't really care they don't treat the car well Mm -hmm. you know it's this this, um, it's kind of a hollow gratitude Mm -hmm. is that kind of what you're talking about it's very much and and with a bad attitude yeah but you know, you could have a good attitude and it wouldn't make any, it. There's no really any distinction. What if what if you're a very grat- um, a teenager with a lot of gratitude? Well, it's all really all the same, you know, because the grace um, is all encompassing in that mm. way. Uh, we we believe that grace is all encompassing, um, but we also believe that it's powerful. It's not a weak grace. Mm-hmm. It is. It achieves its aims, and one of God's um, dispositions in grace, right? He is a gracious God, and and one of the things that he wills in grace is that his grace is actually powerful, right? And, of it, course— It has—something happens something when you ha- receive grace. And it achieves his will, 
And yeah. when we speak in grace of that way, we're saying it's really synonymous with being an act of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And if the Holy Spirit has regenerated you in grace, right, and he's given you the gift of faith in grace, mm-hmm. right, and repentance in grace, and he's given you the merit of Christ and justified you before God in grace and adopted you um, as his son in grace, he's going to succeed in the sanctification also. Yeah. See? And you're going to have fruit. You're going, you're going to bear to fruit, have fruit, and right. I think one of the biggest and greatest fruits of that is the desire for God, mm-hmm. the desire to glorify Him mm-hmm. and humble yourself mm-hmm. and make much of Him and enjoy the gift of grace right. that much more. Yeah, I think the I think the Reformed Church, probably by its own fault, okay, it's probably it's self inflicted wounds, so to speak, mm. but it has it has given up that. Um, the really the focus on the Holy Spirit in a lot of ways to say other types of churches, and that's a real shame, and we don't do it because we teach a Holy Spirit that's not a carnival barker, right? but it's one that is really powerful yeah. and achieves his aims. Yeah, it's not and, just a room full of carnival tricks. Yeah, yeah. Right. He achieves his aims, and the grace succeeds, and so his people persevere. Uh, it's it's kind of like you know when you're when you're you've you've talked about how a lot of reformed churches are kind of dry you know i think that's kind of what you're getting at is you go oh well the we we love the holy spirit but we don't talk about him he's not really part of the service he's not really part of anything except He's here. He's, we know. get a little nervous. If yeah, be- he's because doing we something. have a woo-woo church down the street, and the woo-woo <laughs> church is all about the Holy Spirit and glitter coming out of the AC unit, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so, that's right. <laughs> yeah. and, and so yeah. there's this. There's a fear of associating with mm-hmm. that. Uh, but the reality is, yes, the Holy Spirit is super powerful, and He's also essential. But I think one of the things that you're getting at is from a reformed perspective is it's it's more of the the mundane. It's more of the more practical behind the scenes ways that the Holy Spirit works. It's in the sanctification. Mm-hmm. It's in the growing. Yes, he does perform miracles. Yes, yes he, does he does do amazing things and heal and, and do crazy stuff. But most of the time it's the change of your heart a step more towards him. Because that's by the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit. And so right. I think that maybe, if, if I'm not wrong, is that kind of what you're trying to get out there? Yeah, it's both and. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it certainly is that he achieves, achieves his aim. The word yeah. of the Lord never returns void and the Holy Spirit never fails. But I've also noticed too, though, when you, when you get busy with the Lord, he always shows up. I've never seen it be any different. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is wonderful. He really is, and and we ought not to forget to give him his due. He being fully God, yeah, see? Uh, very very important. But he is powerful and achieves his aims. It's wonderful, and we see that in grace. So often, when we talk about grace, it's synonymous with the work of the Holy Spirit, see? and it and it's just a joy to see. So I get to see it quite a bit in people's lives yeah i get to see sanctification happen that's all the grace of the holy spirit right i see people come to christ you know you're seeing Mm -hmm. grace 
the work of the Holy Spirit. And I know it's Sola. See, yeah. it, you know, we're me and you ain't adding to it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not we're not doing anything to make it happen. You know, we see the Holy Spirit working in grace, and it and it's powerful. And it's wonderful. Why do you think a lot of Bible believing churches are kind of shying away from the five solos? What What do you think they're afraid of? With this, well, you know, I'm gonna say the first um, thing is that it's in the language itself, it's unusual, right? Well, it's, Nobody's everyone heard says it. it in Latin, and I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking? Yeah. About? <laughs> That's the first and main reason is that it's not um, seeker sensitive, you know, to have a, a language there. Nobody knows what it's, what's being said, that, right? That is you know? true. It is not sensitive. Is, is that Spanish? Uh, you know, I hear that <laughs> yeah. a lot, you know, I, I, I don't know if I told this story in the first episode, but the newspaper reporter came out early on and said, Hey man, after service, he came up to me and he goes, ain't nobody going to put up with that Latin in this day and age. <laughs> <laughs> You're it, not getting anybody. You, you, you are, you're not. It, it is not. It is not seeker sensitive at all, right? Yeah. Um, five solas, huh? You know, I, so, I've been called. We've been called the Five Souls Church, you know, like, <laughs> which was true when we started. We really five people. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's the first and foremost reason. Um, so the language barrier there is is a little bit. It, it does take some education, especially in the South. Right. Um, but I think there's probably some theological reasons, too, um, that because it it does. It gets offensive to the center as you begin to press into it. Almost every Protestant Christian I'm aware of when they hear the five souls. Oh, yeah, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bible alone. Oh, right on. Yeah, faith. Oh, yeah, faith alone. I'm saying, you know, grace. Oh, of course. Jesus, right. Yes. Yeah. You know, glory to God. Well, yeah, you know. But as you start to work through the biblical data on this, right, and you start to hear things like, um, no man can come unto me unless the Father draw him, mm-hmm. right? And I'll raise yep. him up at the last day. Passages like this, you know, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, yep. right? When you start really pressing further into the five soulless, people start to get uncomfortable, I don't think, you think? I think what it does is it exposes the Pelagianism, eh. that it's kind of underneath a lot of Christian churches. So they don't, they don't even necessarily realize where it's coming from or you know as we talked about uh, one of the things that the five souls do is safeguard the gospel by mm-hmm. keeping those intruders from coming underneath mm-hmm. and, and, and creeping in and pelagianism is one of those can you explain pelagianism just a little bit uh, so the idea that we are part of accomplishing salvation mm-hmm. we are part of the decision making that we uh, somehow inherently have just enough good mm-hmm. to be able to choose God. Mm-hmm. It's that we aren't just, you know, as many times I've heard from uh, Arminians is, you know, robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just some robot, you yeah. know. I can make a choice. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I'm a robot uh, by being reformed either, but what 
that that's kind of the straw man that's being built up that's saying well it's it's either or mm-hmm. and i have the ability somehow mm-hmm. to take this backpack of sin off of me and choose god mm-hmm. apart from you know just grace alone it's something i can do or something like we talked about you know somebody god looked down the corridors of time and mm-hmm. saw me do something right and so that's what plagiarism is this idea that we have something good and some ability to make a choice. Mm. Um, I think Piper says it, uh, this was a quote from a long time ago, or at least the general idea is, you know, when you come in heaven, you come to heaven and somebody asks you, you know, why are you here? How did you get in? Are you going to be able to say, well, you know, I chose God because right. I was smarter. Mm-hmm. I was wiser than this guy. Yep. Um, I was better looking. Uh, More my, virtuous. Yeah. I was more humble. Yeah. No, you're you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. not going to find that you have any trait or any ability that's greater than anyone. It's just because of Christ. That's interesting. I've never heard it heard it asked that way. I've always heard it asked. You know, why are you saved and your neighbor's not? You smarter than him? Better than him? Right. right. Yeah. It's a great question. It really exposes that. Yeah, and so I think that's kind of part of why people get a little afraid of the five solas. You know, uh, from my experience, I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't heard of the five solas. I know I've mentioned this before, and it's just, it's such a strange culture shock when you hear about it and go, why haven't I heard of this? This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I guess because I've already gone through Calvinism and become Reformed that I can enjoy this and Mm -hmm. go, there's such freedom in grace alone. I didn't have to work for this. I don't have to work to save somebody. Oh, you know, uh, yeah. You know, to, to my preaching brothers out there, like, I don't have to work to save you. Like, if I didn't say the right words, that's okay. God is the one who does the work, and it's all on him. It's the Holy Spirit. I just need to be faithful and do my part. Mm-hmm. But even if I completely fail and butcher everything, Mm-hmm. God will accomplish his purposes, and he's going to save whom he saves. He will have mercy on whom he has mercy. Mm-hmm. You got anything else to add to that? I love grace as much as I can love anything, you know, um, the grace of Christ. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Sola gratia. Never get tired of it. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, ever. All right. Thank well, God for his grace. Yes, thank God for his grace. So we've made it through three now, right? Yes, sir. So three out of the five. So we have two more coming up. What are we going to get next week? Next week, even better, Solus Christus, right? right so Christ alone. Christ alone Christ for everyone alone. who doesn't know Latin. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to break that language barrier on this show. We're going to make it so everyone knows what we're talking about here. <laughs> All right, so with that, thanks again for being on the show, Mm -hmm. Pastor Mark, and uh, we will see you all next week. God bless. Yeah!